Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, tonight, I'm continuing our series called Retrospective, and I want to speak a message um, I, I preached um, in 2004. Um, retrospective, for those of you who don't know, um, we, I, I really felt that I wanted to preach messages which I've preached before, but I've reworked them um, because I want to lay foundations to build a bigger church, a bigger movement, and a bigger move of God. And to build a bigger church, you need bigger foundations. To have bigger foundations, you've got to have the right foundations. And the foundations that I'm laying are the foundations that we've laid, and we're stretching them out um, using the same type of foundations, but um, just re-equating those uh, for 2014. And so this message I preached uh, 10 years ago, and I've spoken it actually, uh, for those of you who were at conference, um, it was also my offering message, and I was asked to do offering, the offering um, on the, the last night of conference, and I already had this message prepared, and so you got the, uh, the offering message was the cut down version, and uh, so, because you've only got five minutes. And uh, so, um, tonight's uh, message, I want to speak about having a generous spirit. In Proverbs chapter uh, 11 and verse 25, it says this, The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. You see, I want you to understand that God wants you to live prosperously. Now, the problem we have with these words, the prosperity, to live prosperously, um, I know we've often said it before, Many some people that you get... Christians or people in church world who, who have different expectations and expressions of life. And some would say, oh, you preach a health and wealth gospel. And we're like, yes, we do. And uh, <laughs> because you can have your sickness and poverty gospel if you like. And uh, I don't know what the options are. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you just preach health and wealth. It's like, is that a bad thing? <laughs> I didn't know health and, and wealth was bad. And, but particularly wealth. Wealth is one of those things that gets people going, Just it gets people irritated, it, it gets people feeling um, victimized, feeling um, mainly because there, I've rarely met a person who's ever said they're actually wealthy, even the ones who are. So I've met a lot of rich people. I've met millionaires, uh, but I've never met a man who says he's rich. And in fact, I've met many people, including millionaires, who've said, I'm not rich. Because wealth is valued differently depending who you are. What I have noticed in the world and in people's lives, just, just talking about money, and I'm not just talking about money, but I'm, I'm starting there so to give you an idea uh, of what God wants to do, but people have this this perspective that whatever they've got is not actually they don't have enough. Yeah. So it doesn't matter who you are. In fact, I was talking to a guy called Kevin Byrne. I'll, I'll mention him later. He's a, he's a good friend of mine. We were on ministry school together. Um, 
And uh, he was a businessman. In fact, we were both businessmen. But I went off to plant a church and he went off to start more businesses. And he, um, he now runs um, a, uh, an, a, an amazing company that's been, a, he's been numerous awards, was awarded by uh, David Cameron, the Queen, just recently um, for his company called Checker Trade. Um, and he, um, he, he was saying that what happens with, with people that, that get wealth is they, then they, they spend all the time trying to get it. And then once they've got it, they spend all their time trying to protect it. Uh, instead of understanding that, that God has a different perspective on wealth and what is wealth. See, wealth is, is we spend our whole life thinking about getting money. That we consider money to be wealth. But the Bible doesn't. The Bible simply says that you will have all you need. You will be prosperous. You will be blessed. But it doesn't say that wealth is the getting of something. In fact, the Bible says here, it says the generous soul will be made rich. And tonight, I want you to understand that God wants you to be made rich. Or in other words, he wants you to prosper. And tonight, I want you to understand how to break a spirit of lack in your life. How to break financial poverty and how to break the poverty of of emotional lack, of lack of um, healthy relationships, a lack of um, opportunities, a lack of blessing that flows around your life. You see, you see, God wants you to prosper, and prosperity isn't about the getting of consumerist things. Prosperity is about a relationship with God where your soul is healthy. He says the generous soul will be made rich. Well, a generous soul, a generous soul is a healthy soul. In other words, blessing and living in a blessed, flowing life. Do you ever see people and you see people who are blessed? And you wonder in your mind how they got there. Now, the victim will think, look at that person, look look, at Look, look, look all the money they got. Who do they rip off to get that then? <laughs> Who do they steal? What do they steal? What are they, how do they get that? The, the inquisitive mind, the mind will say, what, what have they done to get there? How are they blessed? Well, you know what? Every person who lives in a place of blessing has had to walk an extraordinary journey to get into that environment. But the Bible gives us clues. You can, you can live your life in the world's way or you can live your life God's way. There is the world's way. The world's way is about the accumulation of things for yourself. Yeah. And if you're not born again, you probably don't really have a lot of other options because you don't have a blessed supply from heaven. But I've discovered when I was... Um, uh, I was born again as a kid, saved in church, brought, brought, up, in, um, brought up in a very poor home, um, and uh, knew poverty. I've, I only knew poverty all my life. I'd never known wealth. We saw wealth in, in, uh, around us, but never experienced it for ourselves. But I knew that God wanted to bless me. I knew that blessing was to, was to come into my life and and this is this is the thing right i would say that i am rich 
Now, anybody who knows me know that I don't have many pennies to rub together. (laughs) But I know that I'm rich. Why do I know that I'm rich? Because I live in a place where there is blessing. And tonight, what I want to do is I want to show you that God wants to bless you with richness. Now, richness can equate to financial blessing. It's part of the flow of what God wants to do in some people's life. But he wants all of you to prosper in all things. The Bible says in in, um, 1 John 3, I pray that you are healthy. I pray that you are, how does it go? My brain just went blank then. I had a prosper, yeah, and that your soul prospers. In other words, what happens is that, see, See, God wants us to prosper within ourselves, And to prosper is to not live in lack. Who's with me tonight? To build a church, we have to have a church that doesn't lack. Now, I've, I've discovered this. I've, as, as I have shared before, Sharon and I have given away everything we own four times. Four times. And we haven't lacked for one thing. In other words... We've lived in prosperous supply from heaven that God has enabled us to live in something which many people, other people would look on and go, yeah, how did they get that? How did they get it? I remember once, uh, back in 2008, I bought myself a Chrysler 300C. How many of you remember? My Chrysler 3, it was my gangster car. It was because it, was, it, was it had a boot big enough to put the bodies in. <laughs> And uh, I love the Chrysler 300C. I still miss it. The only reason why I got rid of it was because I live in the countryside now and it's just useless for the countryside. It's a big, wide car. It just spins on mud, snow, water. (laughs) It's got a huge, fast engine, but it it doesn't work in the countryside. um, But I bought this car and everybody said to me, you can't have that car. I look at it, I've met loads of people, oh, you can't have that. Why can't I have it? They didn't have a reason why. It was, I liked it. I wanted it. (laughs) And I've discovered that what happened is that people saw the car and decided that there must be something wrong with me. (laughs) And they struggled with their sort of faith... It's just a car. It's just a car. But if I had bought, I don't know, what's boring? An Audi, right? (laughs) I would have spent more money on the Audi than the Chrysler. And no one would have noticed. Because there's hundreds of them on the road. I've got a beige one. (laughs) <laughs> got a beige Audi or, or something that was just, just a nice car inside but boring on the outside and, and no one would have noticed see because people equate they see things and they equate it all the wrong way around you see the car wasn't anything and didn't mean anything except for the fact that it provided me with a comfortable ride and I enjoyed roaring past everyone (laughs) and it's three litre (laughs) but that was it that was it but God wants us to know that to be blessed 
in all that we do, we have to understand how to break first, break lack. And how we get into a place where we see blessing beginning to flow and increase and we live in a more blessed world. When you live in a blessed world, opportunities come around in which you can receive of that blessing. Do you understand that? And that blessing can be of any form. The most important thing we have in the kingdom of God is our relationships one with another. And the most important thing that will cause prosperity of your soul more than anything are the relationships and how you interact within the house of God. But to have a healthy, to have a rich soul, a prospering soul, we have to understand that God wants our soul um, to prosper. It has to first be generous. A generous soul is a healthy soul. In other words, it is a soul that understands how to give, not take. And this is the problem that everybody has and I, I talk about financial because you talk about rich. The moment you, first thing you think is money. Rich, money. And so I'll talk about rich, but the problem with rich and money that people have is they want money, they want to take. Yeah. I want to be rich. I want something here. I want this for me. But God wants you to give. A generous soul will be made rich. In other words, the health, you see, a a soul can't give if it doesn't have anything to give. Now, I've met, I remember meeting a man who who came to me um, and he had uh, what he said was a ministry. And he, he, he said he, he had a ministry and he wanted me to... He, 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 he literally came to me and said he wanted, to, he wanted me to take him on staff in the church. It wasn't going to happen anyway. But, you know, some people get ideas. And he wanted to come into the church and he wanted me to take him on staff because he got a ministry. Which, it's like, you know... <laughs> just doesn't work like that. And... And he wanted me, and I said to him, Tell me about your giving. Ah, yeah, I can't afford to give. God understands. Sorry? Oh, yeah, he understands. I don't have enough money to. to, So you don't give in the church? No. You don't have any faith. I have faith that God will supply my need. Okay. But you don't have faith that God will supply your need if you're able to give. Yeah, no, I don't give anything. So what you want me to do is to bring you into the church and put you on salary and live off the faith of other people's giving while you yourself don't have any faith to give. Yeah, yeah. yeah that ain't going to happen. <laughs> 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 and uh, for which we... I don't think I saw him much after that. And <laughs> see, see, some people think that they can't afford, they don't have. I remember being unemployed and tithing my unemployment benefit. It was actually the breakthrough point in my life where I began to understand, began to get revelation about generosity, about giving. And we have to break 
the spirit of lack, a spirit of meanness and a spirit of selfishness around our life and understand God wants us to be the most generous people on the planet. We have got to be able to be givers and not just takers. I want you to understand, you see, we have created and we live within a consumerist society and we have generated a consumerist church. And a consumerist church is, what are you going to give me? What can I take? What can I receive? People come to, somebody come to church and they want to, I want to be fed by the word. I want to be fed by the worship. I want, and we want to feed you with the word and worship but if, if, if all you do is ever just take and don't give, that is a consumerist Humorous, but a generous soul will be made rich. In other words, if you come into the house of God and say, I've got something to give. Yeah. And we say, well, I don't have anything to give. Actually, you do. Even the woman who was about to die because she had got no resource left in the house, she said, she said I don't have anything to give. And Elijah said, well, what do you have? Oh, well, I've just got a little bit of oil. And, 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 she, and he says, well, take this oil, but first make me a cake. Am I mixing two stories together? And I'm not, am I? No, because there are two very similar stories. <laughs> but she began by giving, and then she was able to receive. Because she stepped into another place. See, what happens is that we want to be consumerist, but God wants you to be a sower into the house of God. God wants you to be a sower into people's lives. I was brought up in this poverty world with this small thinking and I was only thinking the other day I was looking um, I bought a suit in Hugo Boss I know I know I've never bought a suit in Hugo Boss before I walked in I'd never even been in Hugo Boss my brother does but my brother's got loads of money he's loaded and uh, so so my brother goes into Hugo Boss and he goes in and I'm standing on the outside looking in going, he's a mug, how much did he pay for those shorts? And he hasn't even got decent legs. And, uh, <laughs> and, then, and then he goes, and so before we go away, Cheryl said, you need a suit, you can't go to the wedding in France without a new suit. The, your old suit, apart from the fact that it just doesn't fit you anymore, it's dirty as well and we can't take it and you need a new suit and I'm running around crazy I've got two hours I'm running I had to buy Cheryl's birthday present a suit and goodness knows that Cheryl buy her some trousers and I had to get back in two hours and I've no idea what to get where and I'm running around crazy and I go into next and I see these suits and I go oh they're horrible and I run out again and I'm running past and I go I just see Hugo Boss and something made me go inside <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> And I go inside and I'm, looking, I'm just looking at, can I help you? No, it's all right. I'm just browsing. And I walk, suit, 600 pounds. 600 pounds? I don't want to buy a share in the company. How can, you, how can that cost? I could get one down the road for 99 pounds. Mind you, it's horrible, but I mean. And I found myself in, in Hugo Boss. And there I am in, in this place and I found myself buying a suit and I got one for 200 quid that was 600. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Phone up my brother. I got a Hugo Boss suit. <laughs> wow. 
you know, to have possession, to have nice things, is nice. It's nice for the soul. It's nice for the emotion. It's comfortable. You know what? In your Christian life, you have to make sure you take care of the soul. At times. You don't pamper the soul. You don't, you don't make yourself greedy. But you give yourself comfort at times. But God wants us to understand that he needs us to get into a place where prosperity is a great thing. And I never used to. I wouldn't dream of going into Hugo Bar. I wouldn't dream. We would just buy. I'll go to the cheapest clothes shop and buy the cheapest clothes and think I've got a good deal. Because that was my life. That was my world. But then when we go to a restaurant, you go to a restaurant, you know you go into a restaurant and you get given the bill and you get offered the opportunity of giving a tip and you're like, I refuse to leave a restaurant today without tipping them. One time a day, I would have been like, mugs game, I'm not paying, I'm paying the bill. That's all I'm paying. And I wish they discounted it too. Service was rubbish. <laughs> I don't care what the service is. I don't care what the food is. I'm going to tip them. You know why I'm going to tip them? Because I'm going to let that waiter or waitress know that I value the work they've done and I'm going to be... I tip them for me because my soul is going to be made generous. Yeah. My soul is going to be a generous soul. I've had to teach myself from a poverty lifestyle where second-hand clothes was my only option, where, where shoes, my feet grew through my shoes when I was a child before we got a, another pair, or when my toes would be flapping, my shoes would, would look like uh, a fish, you know. They were, <laughs> and, they were, and, and we only wore, my, my brother would wear a pair of shoes, and then I was the youngest of the family, so I just had the last, you know, just the dregs. And... And I was used to that world, but I discovered that a generous soul is a soul that is going, I am going to give, and I'm going to give, and I'm going to give, and I'm going to learn how to keep giving until I have broken every spirit of poverty and lack and selfishness and, and, and lack of, of circumstances and I'm going to give out of my life until I know there is nothing left because I know that I am my life is dependent on the prosperity and the blessing that comes from God. And, isn't, and I learned this lesson not while in ministry but while in business. And I want you to understand that. You see, see rich isn't a, an amount. It's not an amount. You, know, you, you might have 50 quid, 50 quid's quite a decent amount of money, really. It'll get you a pizza or two. But in some countries, of course, that would make you a very wealthy person. And having been in some of the poorest countries in the world and shared the love of Christ with some of the just most pure-hearted, simple people, and you're looking at them thinking, we live in a world where people, we moan and we groan and we complain and we whinge and we want and we want and we consume and we consume. And here is the innocence, innocent, simple, poor heart person earning almost nothing, offering me their food. 
Probably the amount of money we spend a week on food would be enough to buy their house. But God wants us to be generous if we're going to be rich. And rich isn't an amount of money. Rich is a place and a position of health within our heart. Let me read this scripture to you. It says this here. It says in Isaiah 32 verse 8, it says, But a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he will stand. Isaiah 32, let me read it to you again. But a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he will stand. You see, that word generous is actually quite a broad word. It actually means noble. It means a man of great character, abundant and free-giving, strong and wise in application. Isn't that amazing? Not just, just a noble person, a person of great stature, a person who, who understands the power of giving. Now, generosity changes the world we live in. I was saying down in Brighton when I was speaking the offering that on the offering message that when we are generous, we begin an exercise that takes us into another realm. Now, what I mean, you, how many of you have been seeing the Commonwealth Games? Seen it? How many of you are impressed by the people in the Commonwealth Games? And you're impressed by their strength and the things they can do. You're like, oh. And the older you get, the more impressed you are. When I was younger, I used to think, I'd like to do that. And now I I think to myself, I wished I had done that. (laughs) I wish I'd exercised when I had the opportunity. And now the joints just won't go there anymore. And and what happens is that we look at these people, and Jim uh, Strachan's grandson swimming uh, um, for Scotland, um, and there they are. Has he swum? Has he done his fifth, was he? Champion. Excellent, isn't it? You can imagine. And uh, in the Commonwealth Games, he come fifth. It's quite extraordinary. And he worked, I know, that he worked so hard. But this is the fact, right? Because a person who exercises hard lives in a place the rest of us can only dream of. They live in a world that we don't possess. In their world, they are fitter, faster, healthier. They are runners, can run, and they can run. I've spoken, I hate running. I detest running with an absolute passion. I can run down the road a hundred yards and I think I'm going to die. I feel like my heart is like somewhere in my throat and it's coming out and it, I have no capacity to running. I was a swimmer. I used to swim. I used to be a lifeguard. I love swimming. I can swim for miles. I just love it. But running is the most detestable sport on the planet. But, but I've met people who run and they can run for 20 miles and they can run for 20 miles and they can run into a zone where they just... They just go beyond pain and they just run. And it's like this special moment of running. And they speak about this moment and you're looking at them thinking, I hate you even more. (laughs) How does that even work? I mean, I can't run down the road 
and I'm going to do and you how do they live in that place you know how they do it every day they just do it every day they didn't they didn't just get up in the morning and run and then they and they ran and they were amazing they started running and they just kept running and they ran and they ran and they ran and they kept running and when they do run they can do it extraordinarily well pastor andrew he's just had to stop um because of age and uh but he's just had to stop doing uh uh marathons actually because uh, of his i think he's back isn't it he, uh, he had back but he was running with a back problem he managed to run a marathon in under three hours <laughs> and and he i mean i used to work in the gym with pastor andrew when he was down here and working with me and we used to run and we would be in the gym we'd be running together and he was relentless and competitive as well there wasn't anything that i would get on that he wouldn't get on with me and do it faster and uh, i hated him too <laughs> why do you think we sent him to thurzo <laughs> and and he was so and he would just run but he lived in a world that i can only dream of because he did it every day he did it i would turn up once or twice and go yeah that's not me and so but he listen the generous soul will be made rich if you're generous every day eventually you get into a place of prosperity and blessing in all realms of life but generosity isn't about the giving or the receiving of money so that you can become wealthy for yourself it is the giving that you might be an overflow of blessing into other people's lives and the after effect of all of those things is that you will be blessed but this is the motivation the motivation is what can i do to touch another person's life i've met many people who want to be they hear a prosperity message and they go oh i'm going to be rich i'm going to be rich i'm going to i'm thinking to myself you've already missed the point right there it's not about what car you can buy it's not about what clothes you can have it's not about those things that is the overflow that is unique for your life and whether you have it or whether you don't i've driven some of the nastiest bangers in the world and um it's like (laughs) but you know it's a car you understand me here it's just stuff i don't think god is really that interested in stuff i think what he's interested in is the generosity of your soul He's interested that you can bless and that you can richly, you can bless with financial blessing, you can bless with your words, you can bless with the affection of your heart. Do you know one of the greatest problems we see, Cheryl and I, um, we, we um, see um, a number of people who come to us with, with marriage difficulties. People tend not to come to us um, when they want to go out with someone. Um, in fact, they very rarely come to us when they want to have a relationship. They generally come to us after the relationship's gone wrong. And uh, so what happens is that, that, you know, when you're sort of in that sort of state, because when you sort of fall in love with someone, you're like, ooh, and then, and then you fall out of love with them, and you're like, eh. And, <laughs> and you live in these, these polar worlds, isn't it? 
at one moment you can just see spending the rest of your life together and in the next one you can only see death, pain, blood. <laughs> and, and this is the number one, this is the number one reason that relationships flounder. Because they were not generous to one another in their love and their affection and their giving of heart. It's just it. A generous soul will be made rich. If you want a rich marriage, if you want a rich relationship, you've got to give into that marriage. You've got to give into that relationship. You've got to give into it because if you give into it, you will live in the overflow of the blessing like a, like a fine sportsman who, who gives his life into they can live in a world that other people can't live in. If you give, you can live in the world. If you're generous, you can live in a generous man's world. If you're not generous, you cannot. Let me just finish on this. Kevin Byrne, who's a good friend of mine, as I said, his business, um, his business generated two billion pounds worth of business for um, for his traders, and he he has a good friend who who oversees a company that looks after lottery winners. And their company, they look after the lottery winners, the people who win millions, and. Who's ever looked at the lottery and go, oh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? And uh, we all do. No one likes to admit to it, but we do. And because it, you think it would be nice. You genuinely think it would be nice. I remember deciding to think deeply about what it would be like. Thinking it would be nice. And I, just, I thought to myself, I wonder if it is. So I just sat down and I thought, and I thought about the process and at the end I realised how awful it would be to win a hundred million and people do win a hundred million and I, I want to tell you the agony and pain this company they just they come in and they just say the destruction of people's lives that happens to all the lottery winners the devastation that runs through their lives is unbelievable most of them will lose it in five years why is that? Because of this. If you don't live in a rich man's world, you gain, you live in a poor man's world. You bring wealth into a poor man's world, it works against you. In other words, you've got to step out of the world you are in right now. You've got to step into a generous man's world. You've got to step into, and that, that is a, this is not a business seminar. This is not telling you how to make money. We do those things, by the way. We, talk, we do business. But this isn't a business. This is about the health of your soul. It's about your emotional health. It's about the strength of who you are. And to live in a, a rich place, a place of abundant blessings, a place of healthy relationships, a place of strength, of hope, a place of opportunities, a place where the call of God can touch your life. We were spent this morning with Andy Gawley, who, now there's a man who lives in a rich man's world. He's not a wealthy man at all. He's, he's full-time in ministry. <laughs> he's sealed that fate right there. <laughs> But what is he? He's, he's, he's rich beyond words. With the thousands, tens of thousands of, of young people, he, he, 
he ministers to and the lives that he's changed and the rich reward of those relationships that are built up as an account for him in heaven and the friendships. He said, he said to us at lunchtime, he has 5,700 5, contacts on his mobile phone. Every person he meets, mobile phone, writes down their name, says who they are, what type of person they are, student, skater. He puts them in little groups so he can relate, understand where they are. And he phones up people. I'm going to this place. Who would like to come? I'm going to the skate park, the skaters. Flicks through, sees a name. Do you want to come? That's a rich man's world. That's a rich man's world right there. I would trade 100 million for that experience right there. I would trade the consumerist life for the generous life any day because it brings greater reward. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website www.junctionchurch.com.